Hang on, I'll just I'll just turn the nitrous oxide off. Goes right to your head that stuff. Oh, it's just the gas. Welcome, welcome, my tiny chickadee. Oh, that's that's creepy. Don't do that ever tis, again. Tis a bit. Ever uh, again. What's Don't more do creepy it. is is this. Hey, everybody, we're in your ear. Oh no 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 no! You're Don't listening like to that. Big Damn Cast. Don't uh, like that. I'm Big Damn Chris, aka a jar full of gobstoppers at a local fair. Of which the amount of gobstoppers must be guessed to win a teddy bear. I'm Big Damn Matt and I can't rhyme like that. That kind of rhymed. It did rhyme, you fool. That was the joke. Uh, you I, fool! I am a joke. Which is why I hand over the responsibility of the contents page to you. What have we got on the list this week, you handsome swine? Well, you, you beautiful Paddington bear of a man. We're going to be talking about that, the hype train leading up to the imminent release of Justice League. Just we're going to be talking about the rumours that have come out of a Fox and Disney deal. Uh-huh. Um, some... <laughs> Uh, a talking cat. A bad deal for cinemas from Disney on the on yeah. the on the subject of Star Wars: The Last Jedi. The mouse is being a louse. Uh, also got, got some casting news dropped for Shazam, <laughs> and an interesting change for Marvel and DC writers, which we will get to in a little bit. Plus, of course, your emails. <laughs> I like how you added an extra syllable or two. Emails. Well, you know, you just got to give it a bit of room to breathe. Um, <laughs> speaking of which... Oh? Uh, does that work? No. No. Um, the hype train for Justice League is in full swing. Chug, 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 Clips chug, coming chug. out left, right and centre. TV spots, versions of trailers. Mm. Basically the whole movie is on the internet somewhere now in like three minute chunks you can piece it together pretty, pretty um, straightforward yeah as it always is with these I mean it was the same with Thor Ragnarok it was the same it's the same with all the big budget genre movies have you noticed though the way that they're doing it nowadays is they're just dribbling them out through like media sites online so, so like uh, they pick places like comicbookmovie.com bleeding cool things like that they just yeah. give them clips and then they post them in an article and that's kind of it like there used to be a thing where they, they put those clips out more into TV shows or they put it out on their official thing and be like, check out this new clip! And now they just kind of give them to other people. So that they, they, they don't really get the coverage they could. Hence why, about up until 10 minutes ago, we didn't realise there were many clips about. Many, many clips. Um, but there is one in particular we're going to talk about, which we both witnessed with our eye holes, uh, which is... Uh, no, I'm they're presuming... my eye holes. <laughs> oh, God. Get out of my personal space. Which I'm presuming is a cut down version of that scene, because if not, J.K. Simmons has earned a lot of has earned a lot of money for standing on a rooftop set for maybe an hour. Um, but basically, it's a bat signal scene with the already uh, publicised use of the Danny Elfman theme for Batman featuring in it, which I thought was quite subtle. Like, yeah, but at the same time, it just. I think it's a dangerous thing to do because you're just reminding everybody of a much better thing that they could be watching. Like, I see that and I immediately think, okay, I could be watching Batman, Batman Returns or Batman the Animated Series right now. Instead, I'm watching this. So it's a brief clip where Jim Gordon, 
lights up the bat signal and it's, is approached by Batman, Wonder Woman, The Flash, and then Cyborg. Which we've seen at least two bits of in the trailer. Yeah. The the how many are you not enough line and also the the gag at the end of everyone disappearing except Flash. There's also Aquaman as well, like dressed like a bat. I dig it. That appears to be on the roof, so that must be later on. Oh yeah, of course. Which means that J.K. Simmons has done a bunch of scenes on rooftop sets. Well, you know. Pretty much. He likes rooftops, does JK. There's nothing that suggests he that that's... He loves a good rooftop. There's nothing that suggests that that's Gordon, aside from the moustache, is there? Yeah, but that's what... There's not enough of his character on show. Well, there's nothing that suggests that Superman is Superman in these movies other than the big S on his chest. Yeah, it's very true! But they found another way to do Superman, which we'll get onto in a moment. Oh, yes. This is... It feels tonally jarring to me. And I can't tell if that's just within the scene itself. Like, it's just kind of silly and weird. Which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but, you know, or if it's because my brain is going, this isn't how these characters behave. We've seen them in other movies, in this series. This is not how they behave. Mm. This is jarring. It just feels odd to me. The whole thing feels odd. I don't hate it. No, I, I. I'm yeah. I'm cautiously optimistic that Justice League might not be a total train wreck. I think if we forget that Batman v Superman and Man of Steel exists, which I and, I try to and every suicide, day, and Suicide Squad for that matter, if we forget mm, that they that's exist, that's pretty forgettable to be fair. It is, but if, if if you ignore them, then it's possible that this is like a refresh button and that we might be able to enjoy it on its own merits. Yeah. I that think being so. said, it has had a very tumultuous filming. Um, uh, build up everything that's happened behind the scenes of this has made it very difficult for me to believe it's going to be a smooth movie. I'll be shocked if it makes its, its money back. And also, part of its initial premise relies very heavily on those other movies having existed. Like the death of Superman, the introduction of Darkseid's coming and all this. It's just Ooh, like... that sounds painful. Oh, God. <laughs> he just ejaculates parademons. Tiny parademons. Omega beams. Oh! It just makes square patterns. <laughs> turns at right angles. Oh, God. Oh it's God. like Snake. <laughs> but, but for the vagina. But with or the uh, bum hole. Uh, or the mouth. Anyway, where, is, wherever you like, really. <laughs> wherever he likes to shoot his own makeup. Yeah. Oh, my God. God, I'm a bad man. Darkseid's so angry because he always has to pull out. Anyway, um, so... Oh, God. I yeah, I the the, the colour saturation has been like whacked up to the opposite end of the scale and the Which contrast is, has been whacked up. I'm okay with that. It looks that jarring being said to me, though, it does make that rooftop look, look like a seti set. Yeah, and it, like it looks it, like a seti set. set. It is a set, but it looks like one. It exactly, looks like yeah. a set. Um and that's a that's a problem. Cyborg Still think he looks like shit. Looks awful. Look like, like really garbage. It's not so much that the CGI is bad as the design doesn't work and his face doesn't mesh in with it properly. What's the actor's name? It's Ray, Ray Fisher. Fisher. Um, like again, background in theatre mostly, and for you know big yeah. performances like dance things like that. They've picked a very physical actor to play this role because they knew it was going to be performance capture. Should have been a suit. 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 But not only that, it looks like the characterization of Cyborg he's been given to work with is the blank slate. I talk like this characterization, which is the version of Cyborg that is featured in most DC stuff, <laughs> and is the least interesting version of yeah. Cyborg. It's the reason why we think Cyborg is the least interesting character in the Justice League. Like even Injustice makes him interesting. Not so much in the second one, but definitely uh, in the first. In the first one, yeah. it's part of the story. Because he's, he's sort of conflicted, isn't he? Like when he gets caught up in yeah. the Titans thing and he has to deal with helping out a version of Deathstroke and stuff like that. Like, there's this character there. Um, and the Teen Titans animated show from, you know, the early 2000s, like, 
that was a great version of Cyborg because he was more of a, he was more of a team. People like that show. It, people freaking like that yeah. show so much that Cartoon Network refused to bring it back properly yep. and brought back a bastardized version instead. Which looks like yeah. uh, they might be about to do that with something else. Turtles. Looks like they might be about to do it with Turtles. Oh, Turtles. yeah. Uh, Nick, Nick, Nickelodeon's wrapping up TMNT. Yeah, this yeah. season is a wrap-up, which is a smart decision. Um, but they're already in mid-production on the new one. And the cast is, like, all comedians. Oh, okay. The upside is it's being voice-directed by Rob Paulson. Oh, so well. even though he's not in it, he's he's directed because Andrea Romano's retired. Yeah, Speaking of Andrea Romano, she dire- voice directed the Batman animated series, of which the music appears in this. And I don't know. I just think it, it's a desperate cry for like us, like us, because they've confirmed haven't they, that John Williams' Superman themes in there somewhere. I, I that now that now I thought the the Batman theme There's... integrated fairly well into this. Yeah, I the, don't know. The Superman well, they theme played, they played it for for Jim Gordon. Pretty much. Well, but yeah. So it was just like that Gotham ambiance feel. Yeah, I think like, there's a way. To, I think there's a much more subtle way to do it. Like you just do the establishing shot of Gotham or something, and you just have the, yeah. and then it goes into something else. Like don't play the full notes. Just give that hint of oh Gotham, yeah. Because then at least then it's a tone setter. But did you not see Danny Elfman talking about how it's Batman's only ever had one theme and it's his? I would. I would. I'm sorry, Mr. Elfman. I love you. I love your theme. I fucking love the story like, you did for those look, two movies. Look, respect to Hans Zimmer and The Wicked on the Dark Knight, but oh, 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 uh, no, there's no, only one Batman look, theme. Respect to, respect to Hans Zimmer and respect to uh, Akiva Goldsman. Is it Akiva Goldsman? No. Uh, who? That's a... Right, hang on. Is that the writer? What are you thinking now? Respect of? to the person who did the score for Batman Forever and Batman Robin, because Batman's theme um, in that is pretty decent. Elliot Goldenthal. Elliot Goldenthal. Yeah. Keeva Goldman was the screenwriter. Yes. Um, but that's... Which is a pretty great theme. Um, I would argue that there are three Batman themes. There's the freaking 60s show, because that's uh, a damn yeah. fine theme. Yeah. And there is Shirley Walker's um, alternate theme slash score from the animated series. Yeah. Okay, Mask of the Phantasm, sweet. Um... So, Elfman, swivel on it. I do love you. I respect you. And that theme, yes, is the best Batman theme. It is the best Batman theme. But don't, don't, don't be so flippant. Don't I mean, Michael be... King gets away with it because he's been a comedian, but he's like, what do you mean? He's not Batman, I'm Batman. Don't be tooting your own horn, Danny. You've Elfman. got a whole horn section for that. You love to use them, don't you? You filthy man. But there's now rumour that the Justice League animated series theme is interwoven in there somewhere. Which I don't hate as much because it hasn't been used in a film before. So it's like, okay, fair enough. Um, throw it all in. Chuck it all in, baby. Yeah. Throw it all in. The mo- in my head, I was trying to play it for some reason. I was just playing Voyager. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Don't know why. They are. They are quite similar. Justice League. Will we talk about it again? Yes. Definitely. When? Two weeks time. So yeah. When it comes out. Um. um yeah. After it comes out. Yeah. We're gonna give you a, le- a week's leeway. Slash. We won't physically be ready to talk about it in time. We've got a lot of stuff coming. This is. The, is this the last podcast we're gonna be together for until the new year? No, we're gonna record next week's too. Okay. Before we go. Uh, and okay. and also possibly pre-record a certain festival edition. Okay. Oh um, god, I'm a week behind where I thought we were. Okay. Cool. <laughs> um. It's okay. Jesus. Um. Uh, Right, so, yeah. But uh, get your Justice League predictions in for next week's episode, people. Are you looking forward to it? Do you think it's going to be good? Uh, and if you do happen to catch it on like the Tuesday or the Wednesday of next week, you'll probably make your email into the Friday release. So you could technically be like one of those reviewers who gets it out before the film comes out. Oh, lovely. Oh, mate. Um, so. A needle pulling thread. Some news came out yesterday. Aye. That... 
Apparently. Who's a creep now? No, no, no. Oh, not that. Um, okay. Woo! Woo! I mean, there might be some of that in this, but who knows. Oh, uh, well, yeah. So, apparently, Disney have been in talks for a while to acquire 21st Century Fox. Not 20th Century Fox. 21st Century Fox. But under that, is... under that banner would yeah. fall 20th Century Fox, the movie production studio. Yes. Not the Fox TV network, because Disney already own ABC, and it's mm. illegal in the States for two corporations to own... For, for a corporation to own two broadcast networks. Which I think is, um, is fair. Yeah. it Apparently those talks have now fallen through. And for the moment are dead. Mm. But they were apparently happening. This is all coming from uh, Bloomberg... Um, but has yet to be confirmed or denied, by, confirmed or denied by either Fox or Disney. Um, what this means, basically, is that Fox um, probably financially need a leg up. They they probably need some more financial support. And who is basically the biggest movie studio on the planet right now? It's Disney. Disney have several branches of different yeah. studios. They have many white-gloved fingers in many pies. And... It started to worry me for a reason. Actually, well, I'll, I'll, I'll throw in this next news story here and then we'll go back to the Fox Disney thing. So the reason this kind of worries me is because Dis- it would be it would mean Disney having something of a monopoly yeah. on a lot of the big budget film count- releases and franchises and stuff. It's only really Fox, Warner Brothers and, Dis- and Disney and their various subsidiary studios. Mm. Like Marvel took... Uh, uh, what's Lucasfilm, Lucasfilm, all that stuff. Uh, what's the um, Pirates one? Uh, uh, Jer- uh, Brookheimer, Brookheimer Productions, yeah, yeah. Um, all that sort of stuff. Um, Studios like Bad Robot, the, the, yeah, a couple of them work with and things, yeah. So, oh, it's Paramount and Universal as well, but they're not. They don't seem to have as a hand in the big genre. Movie. They've tried, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, Universal, Paramount have got Star Trek, yeah. Um, although that's presumably on pause for a little bit while Discovery does its thing. Um, and Universal... Tr- Recently tried to start a new they've got, tempe, they've tempo franchise. got Dark Universe. But that's on hold. So. But, um, so, <laughs> but the thing that's... The reason this, that Disney having Monopoly worries me is because also the details of the, the agreement for theatres to screen The Last Jedi came out this week. Now this is... Uh, the second time Disney have done this in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, the the base the be all and end all of it is they are, for lack of a less terrifying term, they're strong arming smaller theaters yeah, yeah. into playing the Last Jedi, Star Wars: The Last Jedi, for longer, and to prioritize it in terms of screens and also so taking you, a higher portion of the ticket sales. Yeah. So if you have like a thirty screen multiplex. That's not going to affect it too much because that 30 screen multiplex is probably going to play The Last Jedi in about five or six screens. That's yeah. a lot of screens, but it's also Christmas business. Multiplexes will go, well, that's going to be a big seller over Christmas. Yeah. Absolutely, we'll give it more screens. Like, The Last Jedi is going to make all the money. Yeah. Like, it's, it's going to make all the money. But if you have a smaller cinema, for example... Uh, Two or si- a, a double or a single screen cinema, even. Yeah. Um, like, uh, for example, in, in Greater Manchester, the one that comes to mind for me is uh in terms of ones that I've I've visited often 
Um, I don't travel out too much to see Bolton and that, yeah. but like I think of uh, the View Cinema at the Lowry Outlet Mall in Salford Keys, for example. Yeah, that is a six. I think so. I think it's about ten. Ten screens, but they're varying sizes. Yeah, yeah. They're um, all they're all relatively small compared to the ones in the multiplexes in the travel yeah. centre and in. Yeah, um, they, they they have like they have like one itself. big screen, like yeah. one really big one, and they have uh, a gold ticket screen. Which isn't you know giant, but it's that whole thing. If you pay a bit more, you get a big chair, you get yeah, access yeah. to popcorn and stuff like it's that. It's not a big screen, but it's a nice screen. It's a very nice screen. Um, so yeah, there's uh, we're not we're not sponsored, but if they'd like to, that'd be great. We are uh, limitless members, though. It so. might clash with our Odeon membership, but there might be a conflict of interest there. Yeah, <laughs> films in it. Um, so they can't, one of them can't own all of us, Matt. That's part That's of the problem. True. But that's true. If you have a smaller cinema, if you're being strong-armed into showing the Last Jedi, because that's 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 how yeah. they're doing it. They're not threatening them. It's it, a case of you have to make this much for us. Well, like, the the deal is this much. The deal is that you have to put if you want to show the Last Jedi. Yeah. You have to book a four-week run of the Last Jedi mm-hmm. in your biggest auditorium. Yeah. And you pay Disney sixty-five percent of the ticket sales. Yeah. So they're saying if you want the biggest film of the of, the, of Christmas period. Yeah. You've got to give us this now. If you are, if you are a, that's an an increase of ten percent. Now, if you are like on on Disney's cut, if you are like a ten, which is freaking heinous, and like I say, it's going to make all the money. So this is dirty, underhanded shit. But oh yeah, yeah. If you're a ten screen cinema, for example, like the View at the Larry Outlet, um, that's going to take up like your biggest screen and probably two more screens for definite. Yeah, where that will be permanently housed. That will be the film housed in that screen for the duration of at least four weeks. Yeah. If you are a smaller cinema, and they do exist, and a lot of people love them because obviously there's something nicer about like bigger crowds, because you're guaranteed yeah. a big crowd. In I'm a not. I'm not cinema. so many aware of them, uh, like not in big city uh, centres, but, big but, big but certainly when I was in London, we were at the Everyman fairly regularly. Yeah, uh, the, what's the one in Hammersmith? Uh, that was a that Cineworld. Was a Cineworld. But again, um, that was that was only like what five screens. Five screens. screens. Yeah. That was lo- that was um, awesome. And again, you, you get bigger crowds. Yeah, because. I mean, I mean, hell, if you want to go to London, even if you go to Leicester Square or whatever, like, those cinemas don't have many screens. Yeah, there's, there's the two big ones where yeah. all the premieres are, and then there's one just off Leicester, um, yeah. just off Leicester Square, which is tiny. Yeah. And I think it's, I think it's an Odeon. Um, We've even got, like, the, uh, the, uh, the yeah. Prince Charles, for example, like, obviously tends to have more niche stuff, but it still does show, like, recent releases as well sometimes. Yeah, I think it's, not, I think it's, it's entirely repertory, actually. Yeah. Well, I, I remember, I remember when we were down there last, it was just before Ghost in the Shell was coming out, and they were offering a double bill. Okay. Of of the animated one and then the live action. one. Oh, okay. So okay. so they, they they must they must like you know yeah. do, do stuff. I think, I think they get stuff that's just finished its run in the cinemas as well. Yeah. So I remember I saw a couple of movies there that I'd missed on yeah. their initial cinema. Like I saw Nebraska there and I saw Babadook there after they'd finished Bad, in the cinemas. Book oh, yourself a ticket. So grab some popcorn. And sit down. So good. Bad bad book. Um, but, but, but those smaller theatres are going to be forced into a point where if they've got, say, three screens, Disney are asking for, if not if not two screens, then their biggest screen, full stop, that's it. Yeah. Nothing else. And now... That's heinous as sin. And cinemas mm-hmm. are fucking awful. Like... Yeah. I love films. We love going to the cinema. I but... hate going to the cinema. Oh, okay. Like, I, like... I like the cinema experience... But uh, I, I have almost like in my head, I have like a survival kit of how I do it. I, I like, like I go a with certain it, kind like, of cinema experience. Unless I want a specific concession tree, if I know that I'm in the mood for that. Yeah. Like, I want Ben and Jerry's ice cream. I'm going to get some Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Unless it's like that, I go there 
with a drink, with something I know I'm going to eat myself that I've paid for. I spend a maximum of maybe three quid on snacks before I get there. So that I've got stuff that I'm going to have. Because you don't want to pay cinema prices for that shit. Yeah. The cinema prices which have become so hugely inflated because that's where they make all the profit because you don't make anything off ticket sales. Yeah. Because they're giving more than half of it to Disney. Yeah. Boom ting. So this is this is the nub of this is the nub. This of is it all. this is this is the nub. Cinemas have raised their food prices because that's the only way they're making money. Mm-hmm. Disney are like making that even more of a dangerous sort of thing because now these theaters are sort of going to make they are going to make a shit ton of money on the Last Jedi over, yeah. over Christmases. Every theater is that shows that movie, but now a big chunk of that profit is going directly to the House of Mouse and not as much as leaking back into the cinemas themselves. Which So Disney cinemas are which are, which are the place that they want yeah. to make money from. And part of the reason that the cinema experience is so fucking terrible mm. is because the cinemas are poorly maintained yeah. and understaffed because they can't afford... Because it's just... We've, we've, both, we've both had a behind-the-scenes perspective of working in a theatre. Yeah. And it, it's, it's As not... As a cinema, I should have... Yeah, yeah. Not a th- theatre's a different... Oh, no, no, yeah, yeah. Kettle of... M- movie, movie theatre. There's a different kettle of worms. Yeah. Um, Dirty, filthy kettle of worms. has its um, own problems. Yeah. Um, but, like, we've had, we've had that behind-the-scenes um, know-how dealt to us uh, second-hand. Yeah. And we know And also it's... just had poor experiences at cinemas. Yeah. Like... I mean, I... Again, like, I, I still quite like the experience but I think it's because I know when to go and how to go yeah but you shouldn't have to have a survival guide yeah. you shouldn't have I, to have... I'm more limited like our, in our, when our... I can go and so well, like our yeah. current our current centre of town option is fine but it feels off as an experience yeah it's also in the middle of a tr- of a transition so it's it's maybe it will get better but I don't know um our previous version, like for example, the Odeon when it was in the print works was pretty all right. It was expensive yeah. as sin, but yeah. as an experience, it didn't feel as gross as some others. Like it no. sort of yeah, and felt a lot more spread out and more like a, an yeah. event because you've got this weird multi-story arcade slash. But it's just it's you know. it's putting a squeeze on an already squeezed industry, a squozing industry, squozed. Um, and coming back to uh, the Fox Disney thing again, mm. like you put all the Fox's movie franchises on the Disney's banner, you're going to be just getting barraged. Mm. barraged. Of course, the first thing that many people went to when they saw this news was like, oh, Fantastic Four and X-Men coming back to coming back to uh, Marvel, finally. Um, Not necessarily. See, here's the thing. We have to here's do thing, that. Here's the thing uh, that I've talked about before. The gym class here, I, Never mind. Fantastic Four as a movie franchise just needs a needs a kick up the ass, And I, I don't think Fox are people to do it. No. X-Men. Leave alone. I've kind of resigned myself to the fact that I'm just not going to like what Fox are doing with the X-Men. Mm. I always hold out hope because I really like Logan. Yeah. Um, and Deadpool. And Deadpool. Yeah. yeah. Where, but but the, the main X-Men movies. Yeah. Because yeah. Apocalypse was just gash. They always say it the third just... one's the worst one, they say in the film. Yeah. And it's like, well done, guys. Yeah. Well done. Well done. Well done. You're, you're terrible. terrible. Experience. You're, the, you're the worst. Um, you are the Thor, the Dark World of people. <laughs> Thor, the Dark Thor. Um, so, yeah, so leave that shit alone. There's a creative side to it that could be beneficial. But yeah. like, in terms of that, people go in, oh, the X-Men of the MCU. No, that will overstuff the MCU like crazy. Yeah, because look at how many X-Men characters It would are. be amazing if there was some up where they all exist together. But if you really want an example of that outside of the pages, there's an animated show called Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes that openly acknowledges that everything is in the same universe, everyone makes an appearance in some way at some point, 
and it's a phenomenally it's basically it's like the closest thing the 2000s got to a Batman the Animated Series level of good yeah um, that and Spectacular Spider-Man um, yeah. so go check them out but, uh, and, um, Justice League obviously but that's carrying on from Batman the Animated Series but so that that's where you can get your X-Men and Adve- Avengers crossover sort of thing without it being too overblown it would bloat the MCU to bring the X-Men in yeah so leave them out of and, it and you know Disney are already planning to they've already got 10 years of Star Wars films planned yeah now, now, if you want to bring Fantastic Four into Disney, awesome, great, love that idea, absolutely, yes, please, yeah. because that's one additional element, not seventy plus characters. <laughs> um, you, you would have to retroactively be like, oh, this Magneto guy, do you not remember him in World War Two, Captain America? Yes, there was a kid who thinking of that. Just, no, just yeah. ignore it all. Um, but then you get away from the creative side. This is this is sinister, because like you say, yeah. if they then monopolize on that. What's to stop them from then going, right, okay, we've got a big Fox release that we are either yeah. distributor for or co-founder or whatever. Uh, we want this for four-week minimum, yeah. biggest screens, money, money, money. And then now, doing now, that now. with every big franchise. Because this, this is only the it. second time they've done it that, that we know of for sure. The last time was Force Awakens. Yeah. Because Tarantino was very public about that. Tarantino was in January, because January was... Wait, December for the state, wait, January. Quentin for us. Tarantino was vocal about something. <laughs> oh God! What? It was ja- his chin he, was jabbering. Like, did he have an opinion? His chin and throat were jabbering like Jules Holland stuck in a frost. <laughs> it was beautiful. Apparently, it's my fucking good cowboy film, and no, no one's going to watch it. Um, but like he, like Hateful Eight goes out in December in the states, came out in January for us. Uh, 2015 going into 2016, and um. He was obviously he was touring the Hateful Eight as well in the states because there was that certain print of it that like was the the way to see it. It was like that old school seventy mil, I think. Yeah, it was, the old it? school yeah. vibe of like we've got a projector and certain theaters were were taking part in this tour where the music was being played live by like oh, piano shit. and oh yeah, like he went the whole hog, which is sort of an event thing. It's like and you got like a booklet and stuff, so that would be that's awesome. And then some theaters, older theaters that had that equipment, were also just showing it like that. Like on seventy mil, you know what I mean? Yeah, and it's, and he's saying, you know, that's that's how it was. Like you can see it in digital, you can see it in whatever. But I'm trying to get as many theaters as possible to show it in this format because I'm a lover of film and that's my bag, whatever. Okay, fair enough. But then there was one particular theater that was going to show it over the Christmas period on their one screen that still had built in, hadn't been moved projector. Yeah, and suddenly Disney put a kibosh on it and that theatre had to stop it because Disney put out this demand for The Force Awakens to be shown on the biggest screens. And that was the biggest screen of that theatre. So Tarantino was very vocal, like, publicly about it. And that's how we became aware of it last time. This time, I think theatre... This info sort of dribbled out from theatres and everything, isn't it? Of like, yeah, we're being asked to do this. Yeah. So hopefully... Because Disney as a company, as a whole produces some wonderful stuff we're not just talking about like the movie studio like yeah but at the end of the day it is a company it is a corporation and it is there to make yeah. money and it makes a Somebody. lot of money and unfortunately some of the people in the positions to make the big calls right right now yeah. are ones who are looking at it as just that's it like but i mean that spread it spread it which is you know business model but at the same time like yeah they're endangering public perception and affection for what parts of their company stand for well, the thing is i don't think i don't think they are because i don't think enough people care and that's Possibly. a problem as well 
Because mm. like we've 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 lapped up so much of what oh. Disney have put out for so long that we've kind of gone, we've forgiven them all or someone, so many transgressions. Someone needs to hurry up and just scribble the Last Jedi on a bunch of other films. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like on, yeah. on, the, on the USBs or on the hard drives or yeah. whatever, and just be like, there we go. Like ah, so you go in to watch the Last Jedi and instead you see the snowman. Um, oh, maybe not, oh. maybe not that. Oh. Maybe not that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm, I, I am a Disney apologist when it comes to X, Y, and Z. But when it comes to this sort of stuff, I'm like, oh god. Some things are indefensible. Yeah, and like, this is this, this is, is, a, this is a fucking gnarly business practice, and I'm not a fan. So, death to theaters. No, wait, no, that's not what we want. Death or do to we? cinemas. They brought that up on Red Letter Media this week for their Thor review. Yeah, yeah. They, they talked about that, and uh, Mike Stilcoster was sort of um, Mike what? I have no fucking idea. Mike was biased because he was sort of joking about like his. He doesn't enjoy the theatre experience, but he was sort of aiming more at the audiences he has to share. Now in the yeah, state, that is in the, the states, that, that is the problem. Like, in the states, the audiences is kind of different. I think over here it's more like the etiquette and the cleanliness, yeah. the hygiene. Fucking sort of thing. Look, I mean, what was the audience like when we went to see it? Oh, it was horrendous. Oh, it was fucking awful. And I saw it a few days oh. later and didn't have. A, there was no problem the second time I saw it, but that's because it was sort of the week after it came down a little bit. Yeah. Horror, horror films always seem to be the ones that get the biggest audience in the UK anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, and the last, I, I, if I, if just reaching into my mind without really thinking about it. Ooh, contact. The only film going experiences I can think of off the top of my head in the last say, like, decade where it's been a packed screen. Regardless of whether it's been like first showing on opening night, midnight screen and whatever. Uh, was Force Awakens, Deadpool... <laughs> That screening of it was pretty damn packed. Mm. And um, probably Avengers in 2012. Oh yeah, I saw that in London and it was... Where did I see it? Well, it, it, was, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was an oddity, wasn't it? It was mm. a big sort of like, what is this? Some people went to see it. But like, I think I saw it in IMAX. Whereas in the States, it seems to be a bigger thing that regardless of whether it's a packed screen or a half-filled screen or whatever, yeah. audience etiquette's very different and the experience is different because yeah. of that. I've only seen a film once in the States. So Iron Man 3, uh, about a day after release, it was a Universal City Walk, but it was like the evening performance before everybody would have got out of work. Yeah. So it was a relatively calm screening. There was maybe like 50 people in there. And how was your cinema experience on the Universal City Walk, Christopher? Perfectly lovely. The only only bit where people sort of like made a fuss and screamed and hooted and hollered was the bit where the... uh, Everyone was sort of like, oh, when it was, you know, the, where Mark 42 is catching everybody from. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. People yeah. were going, woo! Like, it was, it sort of was like, okay, that's kind of cool. Americans love people being saved from plane crashes. Oh, God. But then when the thing hit the truck, everyone pissed themselves laughing. It was yeah. great. Americans that... love people being hit by trucks. <laughs> they really do. But that was the only, that was the only time. I think I might have told the story in the podcast before, so I'll give an abbreviated bunch just in case I have. Yeah. But like Lucy says, she saw Prisoner of Azkaban in the States when that came out. And when Hermione decks Malfoy in the face. Oh, yeah. This woman yelled out like, "Yeah, you go, go!" And it's like so, so moments like that you hear like quite funny. But I imagine the states that can wear you down if you really are a movie lover and you want to see the film, not yeah, the experience. Yeah. Um, so like you know, people sort of don't mind cinema experiences wrapping up and closing on that basis. But at the same time, there's also people's jobs, yeah, and like income for that area or like the place where it's based. Jobs, yeah, it's the local economy. So, so I don't want yeah. cinemas to close, but maybe. Maybe shrink down a bit. So they should if, be. If they're not gonna, if they're not gonna hire more staff, at least like give a manageable amount of stuff for the staff to be able. Yeah, to take they on. need to be restructured because the, yeah. like there's never enough staff at any one cinema. 
to mm. do all the things that you need to be done. That's why the screens are always fucked. That's why mm. the the auditoriums are always filthy, no matter. Even if they do clean them after every screen, you can't clean. There's not enough people to clean them properly. Mm. Seats get get fucked up now and again. There's no projectionists anymore. It's all done digitally. Yeah, at least hire a couple of projectionists. And I know obviously it's not the same job. Well, yeah, but yeah, just but... a couple people to maintain that that setting and make sure that it's not screwing up. And even if they, even because there's a bit that thing of the company being like, well, they just sit there for ninety percent of their day doing nothing. Good. Yeah. They're there to deal with it in case something goes wrong. Yeah. That's that way. That's that your works. staff working out front. Or like working, you know, with the customers directly. Don't have to worry about that, or have to be dragged away from something. It's just uh, it's mental. Anyway, point is, Disney bad. Be good, Disney. But it's okay. Be it's, good. It's okay. Oh. There are there are brighter movies just around the corner. For reals. From, from Warner Brothers. Oh. Shazam. Oh 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 oh. Now this is odd because so, well the news came last week that we're getting Z- Zachary Levi. Zachary Levi. Who's recently been relieved of a different superhero role? Hey, um, um, was cast as much to your as, chagrin as yeah. <laughs> well, not not in terms of his casting. Are you like, still oh, sore okay. about that? A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. I, I think yeah. just because when I look at that trilogy, is it because you're a big baby? Well, no. Well, I've got outside investment in those characters from the books. I love them. I love them very dearly. Also, you're but a big baby. The, but then I am a big baby. But then I look at that trilogy, and it just it seems too. It seems too quick. Almost. There, there was not enough room in that in that franchise true, for those but, characters. But just do what you did with Sif. Um, Got over there, and then they could rock up in right in, in Infinity War and be like, "Oh, we're over in that realm dealing with this shit. Do you want do you want our help?" No, I don't want your help. Um, oh. Anyway, um, now fuck off and go and play Shazam. So he's gonna go play Shazam. Would you? Who is being called for all intents and purposes? Shazam. He's not Captain Marvel. He's definitely uh, illegally. Shazam. He has to be Shazam now. Yeah. Um, um, which is such even a though he was the ori- even though that was the original Captain Marvel yeah it's more to do with um, company branding it, yeah and, and I, I think Marvel Marvel have done that whole thing in court and which I think I think I think in the in the movie landscape as well makes more sense too really because yeah. Marvel is a brand name now known as a studio and as a as a creator and 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 as a banner for a specific set of films and everything so it would be it would be a little confusing. To the average also, cinema it's, goer. It's just gonna, yeah, it's just going to be less confusing. Plus, it might be confusing because it seems that this would be a much more light-hearted film for DC to be putting out. Um, it is like they've hit a reset button. I'm slightly less apprehensive about this than I am Justice League, though. Get that colour saturation way up, <laughs> son! No, don't. Just just, just make it colourful. Because like with Justice League, it feels like they're trying to clean up a mess. Yeah. Which is why I'm, st- I'm, I'm sort of still like, I don't know if I want to enjoy this. Whereas with Shazam, this is completely separate in that in that way we don't have to tie it into everything. Yeah. It also means we might get a Superman movie like Superman. <laughs> yeah, because which, which you should just do with whatever your Man of Steel follow up is. Just just make that. For those uh, who don't know, one. like Shazam is basically Superman. Yeah. Um, like every every company back in the day, I think uh, it was Shazam. It wasn't it was DC Captain originally, Marvel. was it? No, no, it was someone else. And then DC acquired him. And then there was a whole thing between Marvel. The Cap- Marvel did Captain Marvel when there was no Captain Marvel being published, and then DC acquired the character later on and started publishing it again. It wasn't Charlton, no, because that was Blue Beetle and the Question and yeah. all that stuff. Because it was somebody. He basically yeah. he basically was he was someone else's, and then he became DC's. Yeah, but Marvel were like, oh, we've got a character of that name now. Do you mind? And they were like, yeah. oh shit, you're right. Okay, yeah. let's not put his name on everything. While there was no Captain Marvel being published, yeah. then they, that's when Marvel created their. Captain Marvel. I think that's why DC in general are pushing Black Adam more. Because it doesn't sound as silly as Shazam. 
Well, no, but also that way they can tell the Shazam story without having to deal with the Captain Marvel or weird name. Like, also, that's why they cast Dwayne Johnson like four, yeah, yeah. four years ago nearly as Black Adam for their DC Cinematic Universe. They've confirmed that he will be getting a movie of his own which, and that he won't be in Shazam the first one. Is that the official Imply, title of the movie? Yeah, Shazam, Shazam the, the first, first one. one. It, but do you know what I mean? Like, it, implying that implying that Black Adam is being saved, which I think is if you're planning to do a couple films with with Shazam, the Captain Marvel idea, I think that's kind of cool. Like bringing yeah. his most notable enemy on the second go, like you know, make the first one about Billy Batson, and that's the fresh news this week. They DC have gone. We're making this, 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 and this, and we're all like, yeah, as if you're going to get around to all of them. You've already said that the Cyborg films on the back burner now. And you're telling us this DCEU Batman doesn't exist. I think all the films are the Batman. Batman. I was listening to... Well, Flash is still happening because that's always in constant Apparently, that's not been greenlit again. Oh, for Pete's sake. They've they've gone back to Amber. Or or at least Flashpoint hasn't. But Shazam is definitely happening. Because? Because this week they've announced, to follow on last week's announcement of Shazam's casting... His alter ego... Billy Batson. Billy Batson. The young boy who transforms into the Superman-esque Shazam. Our actor is called... Asher Angel, who apparently is a big deal on uh, Disney Channel. Which is a dangerous precedent nowadays. Andy Mack? What the fuck's Andy Mack? That means that you could be a dickhead on YouTube, but uh, not this kid. But here's the thing. He's how old? He's like Um, 16, 17? It does not say in this article, and I don't care to look it up. He looks, uh, he looks sort of mid-teens. From He's a Disney picture. Channel kid, so yeah. Um, He's probably means, 32. This means for your Shazam story to work at its core level and be endearing, and for your sequel to still keep up with part of the key premise, you're going to need to start making them very soon. Like now. Because young Billy Batson is just that. Young. young. Part of the charm of this, if you don't know the Shazam Captain Marvel thing, Billy Batson, like, imbued with the powers of this wizard or whatever, and whenever he yells, Shazam! He turns into the superhero who can do amazing feats, and he's basically Superman. Um, so wait, wait. The superhero who is called Shazam mm-hmm. turns to and from a superhero when he says Shazam. He's a Pokemon. How can no... How... how <laughs> He can be defeated by someone asking him his name. I'm not as... Brushed up on my Captain Marvel. History. I'm not brushed up on my Captain Would Marvel. Would he turn back if someone yelled Shazam? I've seen that no, happen. No, no, he has to say it. Okay, I've seen I've seen that happen. Like someone else yell like Black Adam's word or whatever it is, and he t- he, t- he says Shazam as well. Uh, he? he says something else. Um, but any regardless, they've got to start making this soon because they now have a young star. And if you want to get at least two movies out of this character, you need to start ASAP. Yo, young star, because it isn't the same. If clearly in his early 20s, Billy Batson's turning into Shazam. It's not the same. Especially when your Shazam isn't a hulking behemoth of a Charles Atlas character. Behemoth. He's Zachary Levi, who is not going to turn into a Dwayne The Rock Johnson style physique sort of gentleman in the next couple of months. Which is strange, because that's what Captain Marvel is. Yeah. I mean, go look at the Kingdom Come version of Captain Marvel. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. He's all neck. He's just barrel. Captain Neck. He's literally barrel. He's... He's not barrel-chested as in he's got a large chest. He's actually a barrel with arms on. He's probably got a tap on him somewhere that if you twisted it, whiskey came out. Don't go looking for it. That'd be creepy. Also, the pants are very tight. Dirty bastard. Like Alex Ross 
clearly had an anatomically correct model to work from. Well, he worked from a real person, obviously, but yeah. Well, Alex Ross sort of goes from that Charles Atlas. Oh, yeah. Sla- like... Slash mi- mix of the Schwarzenegger figure with the 1940s, 50s oh, look, look ideal this... of, of a yeah. bulky, muscular look at, the su- look at the Superman in the same story. Like, yeah. oh, I love the Alex Ross Kingdom Come Superman. It's just, there's just something about it. Yeah. Um... Anyway. Frank Quietly sort of does something like that, doesn't he? Yeah, he well, like, that. The idea of him having been, sort of, again, thick neck, barrel chest. Thick. Like, yeah, he's, he's not got a square jaw. Yeah. Because you wouldn't. Like, you've got that much muscle on your neck and everything. You wouldn't have a square jaw. It'd look weird. So he's got sort of, a, he's got a bit, a bit of a chin going on. And, yeah. Um, I, I'm fine with Zachary Levi as, as, as Shazam. I, you know, I, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Like, similarly, when they announced Gal Gadot, I wasn't like, oh, she doesn't fit the role... Physically, I was like, "Oh, that's different from how it is." You know what I mean? How but she's then she's, normally got, she, she's gone on to prove that, yo, actually, no, she does was, own that role physically. Yeah. It's totally about presence. And again, yeah. I still, I still argue that she didn't get to prove it properly till Wonder Woman because she was directed terribly. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like she, no, she, she, was, that, yeah. she was clearly a physical presence in Batman v Superman, but she was a Zack Snyder. There wasn't enough of, physical yeah. presence. There was a CGI leaping character. There wasn't enough of her in Batman v Superman to go, "Oh, yeah, she owns that." And Plus, then, she was awfully directed. And then Wonder Woman happened to like, "Oh no, actually, yeah, she fucking yeah. owns that." You own that. Um, um, whereas Zachary Levi I'm like okay um, again I can see it he's not physically like the character let's see what happens does he bulk is it more of a charm offensive are they going down the charm offensive it's like I am the hero motherfucker do you know what I mean Probably. are they going down that route are we, is he going to bring some of the Flynn Rider to it basically is he going to be mean? a snotty little kid though I don't know I think you have to play them polar opposites for it to work yeah like like they're still they're still a kid it's still a kid in the thing he's body but there's, there's sort of an old, there's a slight personality shift usually from what I've read of the characters, like he does act a little differently as, as Captain Marvel. Yeah. Um, even though it is Billy. But yeah, we'll see. Um, Mark Strong rumored to be the villain. Dr. Savannah. <laughs> He's obviously not learned his lesson no. from being cast as a villain uh, in a DC movie. Mark Strong returning as Sinestro. No. Um, After the credits, well, I'll get to get to turn to something else. Yes. And will, will it yes. ever lead anywhere? Why are you talking? Uh, why are you talking in a Cockney accent? Is he Cockney or is he I Scottish? I have no fucking idea, Mark. Kingsman's blurred it in my head. I just don't. I'm sure he's naturally I think he's British. Cockney. Yeah. yeah. Well, he'd well, be Scottish. He was. He'd be British if he was Scottish. Egypt. What's next on the content page? <laughs> my brain is uh, melting. I think he's from London. There we go. Um, That's Greek. He's got a Greek dad. Yeah. He's oh, got thanks. a Greek dad. Thanks, voice in the ether. Voice in the ether. What say you? Oh, cool. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, well, Chris. Yes. The ravens have left the tower. Hell has frozen over. The end times are coming. Satan is skating to work. Brian Michael Bendis mm. is leaving Marvel Comics after seventeen years. But not just that. And has signed what he has phrased as. A multi-year, multifaceted, exclusive deal with DC. What? I know, right? The hell. Now, straight up thoughts. Straight up thoughts. Bullet points here. Yep. What's going to happen to his Marvel books, of which yep. there are many? Four and an upcoming mini. And I can't wait to see what he does with the other sandbox. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. Um, this is odd. Like, you, you worded this best before when we read the story. You said, for my entire adult life, his name has been on many of the books I've read. Yeah. Like, my first regular comic book, in terms of me getting every issue never failing, was Ultimate Spider-Man. So, 
in my head when I picture a comic book, if I if I in that complete like you know like base level you know in your imagination, picture yourself. You're reading a comic. What are you reading? Whatever I'm reading in my head, it says written by Brian Michael Bendis, illustrated by Mark Bagley. That immediately pops he, up in my head because that those two names are synonymous with me growing up with comics. He's been writing Marvel comics since I was 13 years old. Yeah, I turned 30 in a couple of months. Yeah, that's bonkers. Yep. That is bonkers. Over half of your life, Brian Michael Bendis has been dishing out tones to you. And now he's leaving it all behind. And he's going over to DC. Like, I've been looking at some of the comments on various... (laughs) And you never read the comments. Never read the comments. And it's a combination of people going, Boo, oh yeah, now we can fuck up DC. Because people think that he fucked up Marvel. And people being excited for you know seeing him work with a different set of characters, which I think I think I fall into that lot of camp. I'm, I'm interested to see. I'm interested to see what books he put him on. I want to see Bendis's Wonder Woman. That's what I want to see. Oh yeah, that's yeah. a good shout because he's done really good stuff with Spider Woman. Yeah, he created Jessica Jones. He's one of the he's one of those brilliant writers who like he doesn't do like how do you write strong female characters? Because he's like, well, I don't like. I he just, just writes I, I write a character. character. Yeah. Like yeah. I, that's how it works. And again, like has introduced the world to some freaking phenomenal. Headlining female characters for books like Jessica Jones right? and supporting cast from Maria Hill, Daisy Johnson. So I would, um, I would like, I would like his his, you know, care and love for just writing damn good stories. I'd like Bendis on one to be brought to a character who the spotlight is on yeah. right now in a way that it hasn't been for ages, and who needs to be looked after right. I could see him because this is how you bring in new readers. If Diana is suddenly having yeah. amazing stories. Do you know what I mean? That are so yeah. well written. That's only going to make the industry thrive. It's going to take care of that character. It's going to put DC up in a higher place. Um, also, I'd like to see what you do with characters like Superman. I don't I know. I know I'm, on... picking, I'm picking the flagships, but I, I'm curious to see what you do what? With I after don't... what he's done with Spider-Man for years. I don't want to see him on Batman. Uh, yeah, agreed. One, because Tom I'd like King... to see him write Batman, but not run a Batman book. No, I, I think... I, I think Tom King's doing a great job on the main Batman mm-hmm. book. Um, Detective, I've not been as up on, so I'm not sure what's going over on, on over in Detective. But what I have read of it is good. Plus, what I have read of Detective, it, it seems more like it's a team book focusing on Batwoman and her team rather than yeah, with like Batman overseeing it rather than it being yeah. a Batman book. It's almost like a, a what if Batman Incorporated continued. Sort it, of well, thing. basically, yeah, the yeah, idea of like here's the, here's a faction. Majority, Batman's basically yeah. put together a team of Spoiler, Orphan, <laughs> Red Robin. Uh, and Clayface, and then later Azrael, and they're being trained as a team by Batwoman under Th- his tutelage. Thinking of Avengers, thinking of New Avengers, and thinking of Ultimate Spider-Man Justice and League. Ultimate Comic Spider-Man. Okay, then it's Justice League. Asterix, I definitely want to see that. Give him a Titans book. Oh shit! Yeah, like give him a Titans. Well, like, there's two. There's Titans. He was much older than a teenager when he wrote what, like 10 plus years of teenage characters there's, and they were so freaking convincing titans well rounded moment. there's titans which is yeah. the, the classic teen titans yeah and there's teen titans which is the new generation of teen titans yeah give him either of them yeah I'd lap that shit up well, teen give titan- him both well teen titans give him both <laughs> teen titans are led by Damien so yeah that actually, could be actually Bendis writing Damien would be fun that could be quite fun oh I was thinking Nightwing because I was thinking street level, like yeah, he does that, hero, he does that really power. well. Yeah, I think Nightwing's a good like, side step Avengers from Daredevil. Run, but I liked his new Avengers. Yeah, take yeah, yeah, and, he, and you know he's he's yeah he celebrating run Daredevil, so I think Nightwing would be a good slide across from that. 
you know? I'll be honest. Um, I I know because these people are going, oh, he ruined Marvel. It's like no. What's happened is he was given so many things that if you don't like his style, yeah, or if he's like completely overswamped, it's not necessarily a he star is work. Notorious for ignoring continuity, hmm. which again, you can't. You can't as be a com- too as a comic book yeah. fan. You can you have to be very selective about when you do and don't like continuity because none of it works. Continuity's nice and it's lovely when when stuff runs into other things. Yeah, but you do have to, yeah you do have to kind of just Con- go eh. continuity from so continuity to the wind. If it if it doesn't serve the story that you're telling, it's not important. Right. That being said, I'd give him any book. People and be interested. Clarion also... the Witch Boy. Oh god. <laughs> people also. <laughs> People also chat about him being um, like ignoring characters' voices and writing everyone who sounds the same, writing everyone to sound the same. I I I've never really got that. No. He, he does sometimes write characters who don't sound like they do when other char- other writers write them, and mm. might sound a bit unlike themselves. I get that, but you know, they don't all sound the same. I, don't I mean, think. writers have to find their feet. You don't you, if you're given a book of someone else's concept that someone else has been writing before you. Um, you're not necessarily going to tune into exactly how everybody sounds immediately. Oh, this is interesting. Is it? Uh, Marvel comments. <laughs> is it? Let's see. <laughs> Let's see this. Um, is this. Is this come through whilst we've been talking about yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, oh. This is Marvel's Marvel's reaction uh, to the Brian Michael Bendis news. Okay. Um, Read verbatim, good sir. This is from Newsarama. Okay. Uh, Brian. Is a great partner and has contributed incredible stories and characters to the Marvel Universe over the years. We appreciate his creativity and professionalism and we wish him the best on his future projects. They also told... I'm uh, getting this from Newsarama. They also told Newsarama that the company was aware that Bendis would not be renewing his long-held exclusive with them, which he last signed back in 2015, and had signed a deal with DC. Um... They declined to comment on Bendis' four ongoing Marvel titles, the announced Punisher End of Days miniseries, or the continued publication of his creator-owned work through Icon. Yeah, so Icon, he's got Powers... Powers, Scarlet, um, and something else. Which I, I imagine his creator-owned, he'd probably still be able to keep a, 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 a finger in that pie. There'd be, I imagine there's some sort of thing where he'd be able to like either advise or... United he, States or he has to murder. Approve, or he has to like approve point. stuff, for example. Yeah, yeah. Um... But certainly his Marvel books, I think, will just either they'll wrap up or someone else will take them on. He's currently writing Invincible Iron Man. Yeah, which Sp- um, looks like it's getting ready to wrap up his arc on that now anyway. Fair play. Um, uh, Spider-Man, which is the Miles Morales book. Which is going to be weird because he's always written Ultimate Spider-Man. Yeah. Like and, and, no and one the... else has ever written Ultimate Spider-Man. Yeah. And now someone else is going to have to. Yeah. Since um, two, since 2000, and, since the end of 2000. 2000. Yeah. Oh, it, it's been, he's he's been writing Ultimate Spider Man and it's changed volumes like it started from number one yeah. over again. Well, yeah, it was Ultimate Spider Man, Ultimate Spider Man, Ultimate Comics Spider Man, yeah. Ultimate Comics presents Spider Man Miles Morales and he's, all this he's stuff. Been, yeah. He's been writing that book since two, since two thousand. I wouldn't be surprised if he's mapped out what he knows he'd like to do, yeah. and he just hands it over and he's like, but, "Here's where here's where I'd want to take it. 
here's a natural yeah. conclusion. Obviously, they probably won't conclude Miles' story outright because also that character's about to be sort of put more in the spotlight. Well, with, as well. with Miles coming into team books, like going on the Avengers and then leaving the Avengers well, and so forming the champions. An animated movie coming out yeah. in, in the year. Other people have got their hands on that character now and mm. probably got a handle for him. Yeah. So, so that's fine. That's fine. Um, Defenders, again, other people writing that, fair play. It's just because at the moment it's very much got his voice because it's 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 the Netflix kind of lineup of which he has a, it's a the wealth Netflix, of experience writing. It's the Netflix lineup. For. He created Jessica Jones. Yeah. He loves Luke Cage. Which, of course, is the other book. He Jessica loves Daredevil. Jones. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, Jessica Jones. That's going to be What's going to happen to that? But Jessica's been written by other people, like as part of Avengers. Jessica has. Not just not as a prominent not character, very more, often. more like, as a supporting cast member. The only stuff with Jessica Jones in that I can think of that wasn't written by Bendis is she pops up briefly in the very first volume of Young Avengers, uh, oh. and that's kind of it. Alias was all Bendis. What about the Pulse was all Bendis. Spider Man Two. But uh, the gonna, stuff that gonna, is, is that going to be like, is that finished? The, well, with all the stuff, all the scripts he submitted must be. Yeah, because like, he's in the middle of arcs on Jessica Jones and Spider Man at the moment. And Wait, this, this, this none of the news so far says when no. it goes into effect, and, and even then, when it does go into effect, depending on how he handles deadlines and whatnot, it's possible that he could start working for DC like four months before his Marvel stuff even finishes. Yeah. Um, although, well, although I know from what comic writers I talk to, that sometimes it is very up to the deadline based on what you're doing and yeah, who you're working yeah. with. So. But I, I mean, it could be a very quick transition. Looking or... at Bendis's prodigious output and the amount mm. of books he writes oh, he can... at once, he's the juggler. Yeah, so he's, he's, he's the he's the Kirby. And, you know, he's <laughs> not he's 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 had celebrated runs on Daredevil, on um, New Avengers. Mm. Um, he basically revitalized Avengers for the for the for the two thousands with New Avengers and sort of laid the groundwork for them to be along with the Ultimates, yeah. like laid the groundwork for them to become household names. Yes, um, very the, true. And stuff in the movie. Um, did the same thing with Luke Cage. Well, like revitalized Luke Cage as a character. Created Jessica Jones. All that good stuff. Um, his recent stuff has been people have been more critical of, particularly mm. Invisible Iron Man and. It's probably Bendis um, fatigue. Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, regardless not, of the actual quality, it yeah. might just be people going like, "Oh, he's writing everything." You just automatically get that. He, well, his Guardians oh, of the Galaxy one was not particularly well received, and I was not a huge fan of what I read of it. I read the first all new X Men, was... I quite enjoyed, but I didn't, I didn't have the urge to follow after that. His, so. his X Men tenure was patchy. Was that uh, new X Men? It was all new and all new. uncanny. Okay, right I, I read both. some all new. Yeah, um, so, and of course, he's been heavily involved in Civil War Two, which was dreadful. Fine. <laughs> I'd argue it was fine, but I think with that there's a bit there's a it bit more cynicism fine. that comes with that because he obviously want, he obviously wouldn't have gone forward and said, "I have an idea for a book called Civil War." He II. didn't want it to be called Civil War Two. Yeah, that was a Marvel thing. Yeah, um, I and a simple title change may even have made that story a little more powerful. Yeah, yeah. Um, but obviously they want to get in them dollars, son. Yeah. Um, um, so all in all, I think we wish him well. Oh, absolutely. I'm really looking forward to see what he does at DC and what book they put him on. I, I still nominate, I still nominate either Wonder Woman or Teen Titans. Nightwing. Um, Clark and the Witch Boy. Clark and the Witch Boy. On a road trip with Etrigan. Nightwing. <laughs> Justice League. You would read the shit out of that. Yeah. Clark and the Witch Boy and Etrigan the Demon on a road trip. Yeah, I would read that. <laughs> I would. With the cat driving. I would read it. <laughs> 
Um, and you know what else I'd read? I'd read your email. My God, that was seamless. If it weren't for the fact that I'm pointing it out. Damn it, I pointed it oh, out. Oh no. Oh, tit biscuits. Um, first one comes in from Guy. Not that guy, a different guy. Which guy? I'm not your friend. That, I'm not your <laughs> buddy, guy. Um, <laughs> to Big Damn Cast. Hello, I really enjoy your podcast, even though I'm not really a superhero fan. And even then, sometimes you are talking utter nonsense, but it's really fun nonsense, so who cares? That should be our tagline. True. We talk utter nonsense, but it's fun sometimes nonsense, it's fun so nonsense, who cares? So who cares? <laughs> um, a few podcasts ago, you said you might do a Terry Pratchett podcast. I would completely be for that. Um, a definite plan for the future. I need to do a bit more reading. Yeah, so do I. To be yes. honest, um, yeah. I don't want to. I, I want to. You want to do just myself on some of that stuff, and yeah. there's some gaps in my. It's particularly in the latter this world books I need to fill um, before I talk about that. But yeah, I think we should definitely talk about some Terry Pratchett at some point. The old um, TP. I met. I did tell you I met him very briefly. Oh no! In the Eden Project. Tell me your Terry Pratchett so story. I was about. Um, oh God, I want to say 11 and I was reading The Amazing Maurice and His Educated Rodents while I was on holiday in Cornwall and we're at the Eden Centre it's my first ever visit to the Eden Centre um, have you ever been to Eden? no I've never been to Eden it's fascinating but a lot of walking and you'll sweat like a bitch because obviously the humidity is different in the different domes yeah there was a period where my dad and my stepbrother went like they went to go to the toilet in the middle of one of the walks. So my stepmom was off doing something else. So I sat down on a bench, you know, just being left for a few minutes in the middle of one of the domes. And there's a couple of breaks in the middle of the pathways. And I sat on one of the benches and I open up my bag and I bring out Amazing Maurice. And I just, you know, carry on reading the chapter I'm on. And there's a gentleman sat on the bench, like across the way in... And I didn't, I didn't know what he... I, I, only knew, I only vaguely knew what he looked like at this point. It's only later that I realised that he has a silo- had a silhouette. Yes, but yes. sat on the bench opposite is a man, and he's with a, he was with a, a lady of similar age, and, and uh, sort of someone in their 20s, I think. He had a wide brim hat with a tall peak, big grey beard, little glasses on the end of his nose. And he just sort of, just that moment where I'm looking around, and we just sort of met eyes. He looked down at the book, looked up and went... Like, just went, give me the okay signal. <laughs> oh, and I, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I sort of was like, I, in my head, I remember, because it was only like 11 or 12, in my head I was like, I think that's Terry Pratchett. And I just sort of looked over and I smiled and, and, and waved. And he sort of like smiled back. And then they finished their conversation stuff and they went off. And as, as we, my dad came back from the bathroom and everything, we were walking around and I went, I think I just saw Terry Pratchett. And he's like, what do you mean? And I was like, well, look, a man just like sort of he gave he gave me like a, like a, you know, like an okay sign to to, to me reading the, the book. He was like, okay, well, that doesn't mean I was like we had a big white beard and this hat on. And he went, oh my god, that's Terry Pratchett. Yeah, it's Terry Pratchett. We spent the next half hour trying to see if we could spot him again. We didn't see him again, so uh, maybe it was a hallucination. But... <laughs> Spontaneous <laughs> Pratchett hallucination. But I just love um... the idea that he just he obviously saw like that as an author that was to be like. Probably quite a nice experience to be like, oh, look, there's a kid reading the kids' book I've written. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, there's a <laughs> random spot. But yeah, so that's, um, uh, that. yeah, I, I, I feel, I feel, personally, I'm not as read up on, on Terry stuff. So I think, I, I think if we do an episode, you need to revise your Discworld, and I might have to, um, 
get hold of the Channel Four animated movies again. Well, we can get much more of an episode out of out of Pratchett's even even just his Discworld stuff. Like, mm. I want to play the PC game. I never played that. Um, oh, there's, there's a play, PlayStation one as well. Wasn't there, there was three. There was yeah. Discworld. Yeah. Discworld Two missing presumed question mark. Yes. Um, <laughs> because it's about death going missing. Yes. Um, okay. And there's oh, sort of like um, soul music. Yeah. Ah. Uh, and there's Discworld Noir. That's the one that was on PlayStation. No, that was, on P- that was, was on PC that as well. Uh, the first two. Were I, me- also I remember on... the I remember the posters for that in PlayStation magazine, like the ad, the, the, the one first, page ads, and they were really creepy. The first two were on PlayStation as well. Okay. Yeah. Um, mm, and they're all point and click adventure games. The first two are hand drawn. Discworld Noir is 3D. Yeah. Um, and the first two you play as Rincewind, voiced by Eric Idle. Yes, which is kind of great casting. Kind of great. Yeah. Um, Okay, sorry. Yeah, we sort of we sort of yes. derailed there, guys. Terry Pratchett. We, we'll but, yeah. we'll we'll think of some things like that. Um, Can't believe I've never told you that. You've never told me that. You've never told me your Pratchett That's story. Really weird. I feel. I thought we were friends. Oh, um, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I was wondering if you would do a Star Trek nostalgia podcast at some point. If you're interested, if not, it doesn't matter. Um, I'd mm. like to talk about some old Trek because I'm not. I'm yeah. not like. I'm a. I like Star Trek, but I'm not like a Trekkie. I guess. Um... But I've seen the entire first series of the original series. Yeah. And I've got them, so I, I should probably plan yeah. through two Well, and it's three. all on Netflix, so I've been watching it here and there. What, the original series as yeah, well? Yeah, yeah. Nice. And it's the, it's the remastered one with the CGI, with the new CGI effects and stuff as well. Oh, the Blu ray releases. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, and I've seen I've seen all of TNG at least once. Yeah. Which I've, is my favourite. I've, I've seen most of TNG, maybe not all. I've seen big chunks of DS9 and Voyager. I've seen like the first season and a half of Enterprise because it's terrible. <laughs> um, and I'm I'm like coming towards the end of the second season of the original series at the moment, uh, and I've seen all of the films. Uh, <laughs> oh, I don't know because there's a there, lot. There's, there's six of the original series. There's six four in generations the, in the next generation series. Yeah, and then three more in generations, and then and then, uh, and then three in um, the Jabrums. Jabrums. Yeah, uh, I'm currently watching Star Trek Discovery and enjoying it very much. Aye. I you... think I'm up to date on that. Yeah, I am. I got up the other day. We'll do a Star Trek um, one as well. Sometime. Yeah, we should do some Star Trek. We've not, we've not done a lot of themed episodes lately. We should do it. We should do. A yeah, we should make yeah. a comeback. Um, <laughs> but also, we should do some more YouTube stuff, maybe around these kind of themes. Um, we'll see what hint, we can do in hint, the new year. Hint. Um, subtle hint. Oh. <laughs> Is it subtle if you shout subtle? Yes, it's definitely it's more subtle if you shout subtle. As subtle as he gets. Um, <laughs> Also, in the book of Dust, Volume 1, having just come out, what is your opinion on his dark materials and thoughts on the upcoming TV series? Regards, Guy Grist. Um, Hi, Guy Grist. What a great... That's a comic book uh, name. A fucking great name. Guy Grist. Quality. Mild manner at emailer by day. Quality name. Um, <laughs> is that... Violence Vigilante by I've, night. I've only read The Golden Compass. I've not read any Philip Pullman. I've seen The Golden Compass, and The Golden Compass film is... It's fine... And the it, golden it was compass shut out in that era. Of yeah, want to be Harry it, Potter, wasn't the, it? The trailers were literally yeah the ring, the One Ring turning yeah. into the Golden Compass because it was New Line pushing it as their as their next Lord of the Rings. Yes, I remember that. That's gross. Yes, <laughs> gross. <laughs> That's absolutely disgusting. And, um, yeah, it didn't it didn't uh. land because it wasn't great. Um, much. But the book's really good. I just never got round to reading. Uh, Amber Spyglass is the next one, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I just never got around to reading it. Um, so part of me thinks they did a TV adaptation at some point. 
But they are working on one at the moment. Uh, oh, that's the upcoming. Uh, you yeah. think it's out for Christmas? I want to say. I'm not sure. I'm afraid we can't give you much. We we we, we had gonna, we gonna, had we had tales of plenty for the other two questions. I'm going to look. I'm going to look at that. No, I I like the idea of his dark materials. I've just never read all of them. Um, I liked what I read, and there's no particular reason I've not read the Amber Spyglass other Aye. than just not having read it yet. Um, let me just check if his dark his dark materials is a thing. Um. Uh, oh no, I guess it's not. It's not really been talked about. It's um, Philip Pullman and Jack Thorne are working. Jack Thorne's working on, ad- on adapting it, and that's kind of all. Um, it's being produced by Julie Gardner and Jane Transer, but other than that, oh, Babel Productions, yeah, are working on it. Okay, fair but enough. But that's all the info we have. I, I. Immediately, I'm slightly more invested knowing that Bad Wolf are making it. I know you love it, you filthy. Those two, those two are great. They're amazing. Uh, what's next? What up, Chris and Matt? Oh, God, it's my sentient tapeworm. <laughs> oh wait, no, no, hang on. That he has a French accent. Uh, now that you've had a week to let your opinion of Stranger Things season two solidify. Which of the two seasons do you prefer? And why? <laughs> um, Hi, Tom. Um, I think... I don't know. There's good, there's good and bad about both seasons. Yeah. So I don't know if... I think they work really well in tandem. Mm. Yeah. I, I think if, if, if at Desert Island, like, you've got to go and pick one, I'd go for one. If I can only pick one One is a season, story with an ending. I, yeah, yeah, I would pick season one, but there's so much good stuff in season two. Yeah. That my only real criticism about season two is that there's not enough Eleven in it. Okay. And the Chicago stuff didn't need its own episode. It should have been peppered out through the series. And where's Hopper's dog? <laughs> Serious question. Where's uh, his dog gone? Are you following David, David Haber on, on Twitter? No, should man, I? Man is hilarious. <laughs> um, someone asked him that the other day, and did they? Is, yeah, <laughs> some, some, okay. this is not a hilarious answer or anything. It's just a silly dad joke, but oh. he's he's quite a cool dude. And he was just <laughs> saying, uh, yeah, the dog was rough. Um, it was it was always in its trailer, giving shit to assistants, so we got rid of it. <laughs> oh god, so, okay, that is dad joke. It was fired. It's worth um, a follow. It's uh, worth a follow. At least it wasn't a dog called Isis. Um, yeah. Also, we're worth missing on Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, it's the, it, we we are just past the anniversary of uh, Will going missing. Good. Hate so. that kid. Um, <laughs> Whoa! Jesus. No, he's fucking great. No, it's not. <laughs> um, that was the that was a good thing about the second season. He's actually getting to see a lot more of him and finding out that they'd cast him on damn good. Because yeah. obviously it could have gone yeah. any which way. Like we didn't really get enough of a vibe from series one to find out if you could handle a series arc. But we've spoken about Stranger Things. Um, <laughs> are either of you looking forward to the Crown season two, which hits Netflix in December? If you watched the first season. I saw Didn't, some of the first. I had not watched the first season. Not particularly excited for the second season. What I saw was was nice. So it was well, quite well done. Like amazing cast have no interest in the royals and the I, drama of their lives. I so. like how it's it's. Have you heard what the plans are for series three and four? Yeah, series three is going to jump time jump and a little. And people Coleman, are really yeah. annoyed about it. 
Because well, they're going like, oh, just give Claire Foy age makeup. Like, she's amazing. She's good no. as the plan. It's like, no, here's the thing. Do you no. Know much, do you know how big the freaking budget would be and how distracting that would get? It makes sense to recast. So the plan, the plan is two more seasons uh, with her in sort of, I think they're moving it to the 80s, 80s, I 90s. So, yeah. And then there'd be another one sort of set. Oh, I, I don't know, it'd be 70s, 80s. And then yes. the next one would be the 90s. Because it'd probably be dealing with like Diana stuff and everything. Oh, I wonder how gosh, much they're allowed to say about that. That's going to be interesting. Yeah, it um, is. A, it is a romanticized version of the, the 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 life of these people. It's a it's a TV. She probably went not interested in it. Like a romanticized version of an already romanticized. Family. I'd recommend you dip into an episode of series one out of curiosity's sake, though, just to see John Lithgow's take on Winston Churchill. No, I, I love that He's great. cast. Like I love that. He's great. Like, they're all amazing performers. So, but yeah. So. Um, yeah, yeah. Look forward to our The Crown special in 2019. Chris, <laughs> can you reveal if five Who fans are preparing anything big for Christmas 2017? That'll be all. Have a nice week. Tom. No, no. Monty. No, Tom. No, I can't. Of course I can't. <laughs> no. Um, but, but I will say this. There's a tradition, and thou should definitely... Pay attention to said tradition. So, keep an ear out, you little gits. Keep an ear to the ground, the eye on the prize, and your mouth shut. Now, do you know what I fancy, Matt, to round us out? What? I fancy an email with uh, maybe four or five individual questions that we could probably sort of answer within a... A small amount five of five individual yeah. questions. We rapid fire this one. Yeah. <sighs> if only we have an email just like that. Oh, wait, we do! Dearest BDC, a slightly busy email. I'm just not emailing for a while. I hope you both had a good Halloween. No, shit. Um, also, you don't have to bank things up and send it yes, to us after no, a while. It's totally fine. Fine. That's fine. You don't have to fill up like a well or a reserve. If you do have to ask questions that you didn't get to ask us in time, just ask them to a stranger on the street. Politely. Or from a distance. Okay, okay. first one. Uh, when you're discussing Stranger Things, I was curious to know which book adaptation in Netflix is a series of unfortunate events Chris is looking forward to and he gives you a choice of four, oh, which so I'm assuming the, is the next four. Yeah, presumably, yeah, um, if they're going to do four again in the, the in series. The Austere Academy, the Azatz Elevator, yeah. uh, the Vile Village, and the, the hospital. Hostile Hostile Hospital. hospital. Um, uh, in terms of seeing one of them adapted to screen... Uh, Vile Village because it's going to have some pretty weird Wicker Man-esque vibes about it if oh it's like I love it so that'd I be creepy it. to see in a family show um, plus that's around the time that Olaf starts to dispatch with disguises because he can be a lot more hands on so it'd be nice to see MPH be creepy and whatnot. So. well as, as Ian says this is from Ian by the way um, hi Ian I don't remember much about the Izzat's elevator or the hostile hospital but I remember loving the feeling of the vile village. Yeah, it's... On my fingers and toes. The Gothic Archies, which were a band comprised of uh, a few musicians, including Daniel Handler, the author of the book. Spoiler alert! Sorry about that! Um, on accordion. Uh, a band called the Gothic Archies... Lanyard Dangler! Did all... Lanyard Dangler. <laughs> That's a great name. Uh, they did all the songs for the audiobook releases um, as a band called the Gothic Archies, and the songs are brilliant. There's an album, a collection of them all together, which they called the, uh, the Tragic Treasury. Which and you really have good. seven copies. And no, I have one, but I, oh, I, fine. I, I treasure it so much. It's such a great album. But but I've the, seen his shrine. The song for the Vile Village uh, is just eerie as sin. Like it, it's oh, it's wonderful. So I can't wait to see that one. Um, Rapid fire. <laughs> I'm currently listening to the Harry Potter books 
on audio. Oh, is American there, or English? Does not that say. means you get either Jim Dale or Stephen Fry. It's got to be Stephen Fry. Um, <laughs> is there anything you wish was in the films that was left out of the books? Peeves. Just Peeves. That's the rat's Rick Mail playing Peeves. That's anything you wish that was in the films. They filmed left stuff out for the from first the books. One. I think is what you meant to say there. Um, yes. Yeah. Peeves. Peeves, absolutely. Because Rick Mail. I mean, that's. I, I can't think of anything else that I wanted to well, see so desperately. Because, well, maybe maybe the stuff with Hermione's like um, elf, uh, like house elf rights. Oh, spew, thing, spew, and society for the for the protection of elf welfare. That would have been nice if only just to reinforce to the moviegoers that Dobby was the thing because he's in number two and then he just randomly appears again <laughs> in seven <laughs> no, part one. Yeah, it was like, yeah. and, and die. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Spoiler Spoilers. for a film that's nearly ten years uh, old, and also um, a book that's older than that. Uh, older than sin. Um, um, but yeah, like maybe those those two things. Yeah, because especially those about. first two films where everything's kind of set up, they are laborious adaptations mm. of those first two books. Like they are pay, almost they, page for page. They, they take out like they sort of pick a set piece or two in each one that they just take out for time. Yeah, and then they just do everything verbatim. Like it's yeah. So so the, the, they streamline it in the sense of just going. Well, that might be expensive. But so, so Nick's, uh, what was it? Nearly had this Nick's death day party. That's probably going to be expensive. Let's just take that out of number two. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> like, we don't have to so. CGI animate the headless brigade or any of that stuff. There we go. Boom. Um, so, I, I, yeah. it's not until, um, it's not until the third one that the adaptations start getting more pragmatic and stylish because they actually well, yeah, they, hired they, a director with a sense of, um, <laughs> flair. flair. And, and he sets yeah. a tone that the rest of the films then stick to. Yeah. And, um, of course, because they're good adaptations, um, you get everything you need. Have, so. you, seen, have you seen the interview uh, that's been doing the rounds online this last few months, actually, of, of Rick Mayall being interviewed about his work on Yeah, Harry yeah. And he, he's just very candid. He's like, the films were shit. They were shit. I know they were shit because I wasn't in them. So he's, he's, <laughs> he's, he's, taking, he's taking the piss, but you can tell uh, he's also annoyed at the fact that he did all I, this work. Because it was probably uh, the only time he ever did, like, sort of... Sort of like weird green screen stuff for, for something. And he was obviously like, I did a load of work and they just didn't bother. I do miss Rick Mail. Yeah. Well, RIP Rick Mail. Um, he can now show up at the locations for the filming as a ghost. As anyway, I thought we were going quick fire. Um, I'm just inventing ghost Rick Mail. Now that the official trailer is out, have you booked tickets for Fifty Shades Freed? No. What? The trailer is out. The trailer came out today. Of course, because they're trying to make it into like a Halloween kind of thing, aren't they? Yeah. Where every Valentine's they get. But isn't this the last one? Yeah. Ugh. Until they do, until they adapt Grey, Fifty Shades from Christian's perspective. <laughs> Is that a thing? Same thing. author. Yeah. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> it's totally a thing. It's a similar thing with Twilight. Oh, yeah, Twilight did something, didn't they? Stephanie Meyer released a book from Edward's perspective. Edward's perspective. Oh. So again, it's just Even her copy. Who hasn't read any of those books? It is so pervasively toxic. I know. Oh my god! <laughs> but that's what's gross Wonderful. as well. It just shows how much Fifty Shades is literally a ripoff in, in terms of like what it's trying to achieve. Like it, the fan fiction thing is like continued to the point of her going, "I'll do that as well." Final that's question. Sickening. Oh, please wash my mouth out. Maybe too early to ask, but what is your favourite Christmas dinner? Oh. Yes, it is too early to ask, and we're going to keep you waiting for the answer on that one. <laughs> No, we're not really. Um, no, it's not. It's not that important. Turkey, um, <laughs> well cooked turkey, all the yeah. trimmings, mash, roasties, yeah, um, Brussels sprouts. I'm not a stuffing guy, and and I love you, a good you know, stuffing. You know, your taste buds like allegedly change roughly every seven years or whatever. Yeah, 
I have had a love-hate relationship with Sprouts in that order. Like, loved them, hated them, loved them, now <clears> hate them again. I have only ever loved Sprouts. You dirty swine. I'm not big on parsnips. But that oh, means... Honey glazed roast parsnips! But that oh, means oh, if you're at the table with me, I'll swap you my parsnips <clears> for at least one of your pigs in blankets. Oh, you're not having my pigs in blankets, Pigs boy. in blankets are the greatest you part of Christmas. You are not having my pigs in blankets. Whoever they just, are my little hey, warm piggies. Do you know what's amazing? Sausages. Do you know what's even more amazing? Cooked bacon. Do you know what's even more amazing? Wrap the sausages in, in the, the bacon. bacon. But then we limit them to Christmas time. Oh, Bullshit. no, no. Um, so on that happy note, if you would like to get in touch with us during the week, you can do just that. Bigdamncontact at gmail.com is the place to send your emails. We want to know what your predictions are for Justice League, whether or not you are looking forward to it. And if you manage to catch an early screening next week, if you manage to see it on the Tuesday or the Wednesday, send us your short review. We want to know what you think. Uh, Please try to avoid sending us any spoilers, though. Yes, because you? we... Well, yeah, well, yeah. If, if you're going to send your Justice League review, make your subject Justice League review. And pre-warned for any spoilers, because... Like to go in clean. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of clean, um, make sure to wash underarm. And while you're washing underarm, make sure to tell all your friends about Big Damn Cast on YouTube and on iTunes. We can only grow if you help it be so. So uh, spread the word like piss on snow. It rhymed. Mm, no. Doesn't matter. No. You can also hit us up on Twitter at Big Damn Cast and of course on YouTube. Yes. Matt is currently ploughing through until dawn. With all the force of a. Thing that plows. I'm in every episode knowing full well what certain things you're about to see. A snowplow train? So there are two there are two shows to watch at the minute in Adventures in Backlogging. Watch the playthrough and then watch the episode through again, watching my face. And only his face. Because I may or may not be performing behind you knowing what's about to happen. I know, I've caught that on (laughs) when I've been doing things with the videos, you silly naughty boy. So if you want to see Matt being scared out of his tiny shorts, check out Adventures in Backlogging. I think the last one should be out by the time you you, uh, yeah, every time you're hearing this, well, um, maybe the last one depends on how how you play. I out think we've got one more in us after what we've recorded today. Oh, dirty swine! Hey, um, speaking of dirty swines, goodbye to you all out there. And if we leave you with any advice, it's this. <laughs> That was the nasal singing of Christopher Johnson, recorded for your listening pleasure at Abbey Road Studios in 2014. Bye! Can't find the stop button!